Hi, everybody. It's episode 471 of PodQuest. Woo. It's Wednesday, August 23rd, 2023. I am Chris. With me is Walnut. Uh, I'm trying my best. I'm trying my best. Drew is uh, helping parents with things like Shh. like a good son. Oh, you want to hear about helping parents? I, I can give you a story about helping parents. I'm sure you can. Go for it. So yesterday, uh, or Monday evening at some point, I get a text from my mother asking to come over and help her set up, help them set up all of the streaming services. So my dad, a little bit of backstory, is not afraid to change ISPs and cables. Right. Isn't that like the thing they used to do? Like they would jump back and forth between them? On, on the dot every year and a half, two years, he is changing between Comcast or Verizon because he gets the better deal. He gets everything he wants. He gets all the sports channels for the best deal. And then a year and a half, two years go by, his contract is up, whatever. They cancel it. He cancels it, moves back to... It is somehow cheaper to do this because they do not give you any sort of reward for being there a long time. They only give the new people rewards. So they're always a new customer. So uh, my dad just made the switch back from Comcast to Verizon uh, last week or two weeks ago. And so my mom texted me, and we, we need your help with uh, setting up all the streaming service. Because I'm not saying I password share with my parents, but my parents have access to all the streaming services in some way, shape, or form. Not saying that it's me. I'm not saying that they have my password to Netflix and, and HBO and Hulu. So or... the, the only one it won't really work for is Netflix. I mean, it still works. My parents actually got like a notice notification when they tried to open Netflix, saying mm-hmm. that um they couldn't sign in anymore. Oh wow, interesting. We'll we'll see we'll we'll see what happens um if if they get a notification or not. Yeah, um, my my parents actually just got since. their own subscription. Okay. Um. So we we go and uh, I go and I go to set it up and because they have Verizon before on Comcast Comcast cable box. So here's the thing: they have a smart TV, they have a Sony Bravio, which for some reason, doesn't have any of the apps available, like Disney or Hulu. Or they, it just has Netflix, which is weird. Which also now makes sense as to why they always used their cable box to connect to all the streaming services. But we always told them stop doing that because you need us to log you in way too much. Every every once a year, we're going over logging them in because they're getting a new cable box. It's like if you didn't get if you used your TV the way it was supposed to, you, we wouldn't need to do this. Well, what do you mean? Well, you have a smart TV that has access to all of these. You have a PlayStation that has access to all of these. You have phones that have access to all of these. We would only have to log you in once instead of logging you in every time you get the cable box. Because as weird as it sounds, we would actually have to log them in more often because of the cable box than we would if they got a new phone. Ever. Yeah, no, I mean, that that sounds accurate. <laughs> also, I didn't even know you could sign in via cable boxes. Yeah, on on uh, Comcast, at least. And even on Verizon. Verizon has a couple of widgets, is what they call them. But Verizon also doesn't have access to Disney, even though they give free Disney Plus to new customers. They don't have access to Disney Plus. They don't have access to a bunch of others, which is just weird. Uh, so I spent an hour and a half there trying to figure out how to log in all of the streaming services on their cable box, because that's what they wanted. Didn't work. Trying to check their TV. Can't download new apps on their TV. It's not that old. I don't know why you couldn't. Maybe it is. So then I just had to set it all up onto uh, my dad's PS4. <laughs> I'm like, all right, good. Mom, dad, you're set. Never do we ever have to do this again as long as you watch this stuff through the PS4. My mom's upset because it's another controller that she has to worry about. But my dad's like, this is what I've been telling you to do this whole time. And it's just like, 
we never have to do this again because you're set up right now. Unless you get a PS5, we never have to do this again. Yeah, I mean, and really, like, at that point, like, they could have just spent, like, the 30 bucks, like, years ago and just gotten, like, a fucking Roku or something. A Roku? Well, that's the thing. They have a smart TV. It should have all of that access in there or the ability to connect their phone and stream from their phone. But they... Well, how old is their TV? I don't know. It can't be that old. Well, so, like, the like the one that we have in the bedroom is older, um, but it's still a smart TV, but it doesn't get new apps anymore. Yeah. So, like, if theirs is more than, like, say, like, five years old, they might not have the apps on there. And some TVs just don't have certain apps. Like, um, the LG does not have an app for um, um, Crunchyroll. So, like, mm-hmm. we have a Roku just for Crunchyroll. Yeah. I don't know, it's weird. Maybe and I will Hulu. get them a... Uh, I maybe I might think about getting the Roku, but the whole point was they wanted one controller to do everything, and now they don't have that anyway. Maybe I will still get her a Roku, but yeah, it's just funny. Parents are funny. Parents are funny. Like my, like my parents basically did the same thing. Only like I think they still technically have Verizon like cable, but like they like paired it way back. So like, and my dad's like, oh no, we can't spend money. But then I'm like. Well, if you spend $20, you get three services, because that's how much the Disney Plus combo thing is now. Yeah. So you get Disney Plus, Hulu, and ESPN Plus for 20 bucks, which is frankly, like, a good deal, because it's also the ad-free versions of everything. Yeah. Um. So, like, they have that, and then, like, they have Netflix. I think they have they have an Amazon Prime account, so they have Amazon Prime. Like, I don't think they have, like, HBO or, like, any of the other ones, but they, they have the stuff that has shows that they want to watch on it. Mm-hmm. But, like, er, like I had to go over there and help them create the Hulu account. And then, mm-hmm. like, set it up on the TV for them. <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah. Ugh. Well, Rich, what is, what is on the agenda? On the agenda, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Super Mario and uh, Charles Martinet. Um, we are going to talk about uh, the board game Jurassic Park Legacy of Isla Nublar. The uh, legacy game that me and Cobb have been playing through. Uh, Cobb has quite a bit about Pokemon. Um, and then... Um, I, we're going to talk a little bit about Death's Door and the We Were Here series that I've been playing through. Uh, also, Gamescom's going on right now, but from what I'm seeing, not a lot has really been yeah, like, the, special from that right now, so there's nothing really to talk about that. Yeah, like, opening night live happened, I scrolled through everything shown, it was either stuff that we already knew was coming, or stuff that, like, I personally didn't have anything jump out at it, at, mm-hmm. and, like, I didn't think you would have particularly had anything either. The only thing I saw, and this was from watching Gamer Ranks had a like a 10 minute video like top 10 top 10 things that they saw um or that that's been showed so far and uh the one thing that I was like oh that's good and I don't really get it is Half-Life 2 RTX which is like a modded or upgraded version of Half-Life 2 that has ray tracing and updated uh 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 uh, uh what's the word uh things um I don't know like the computers are different look different I don't know <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember the word that they used. Um, I, yeah, honestly, I, I didn't, it, I didn't it, follow any of it, so I don't really it, know. It looks good, and I love I love the Half-Life series, but it's just really not really much to say about it. Right. Um, yeah, the, the, I mean, the one thing that did happen is apparently during, like, a GTA 6 thing, um, somebody ran up on stage. Second hmm. second Keeley show in, in less than a year that somebody has done that. Mm-hmm. Because um, somebody did it at the Game Awards back in December. Okay. Um, some kid, like, ran up on stage and started, like, yelling stuff into the microphone during, like, a, an award acceptance. I remember that. And, like, people weren't sure if that was legit or not for a bit. 
Yeah, it was not. The kid was arrested. Yeah. And like, I am sure, I am sure this person in Germany also arrested. Yes. Um, but let, from, from what I've heard, I, I have not had a chance to go back and, and check the video. Um, Keely apparently looked livid. Hmm. Um, which I can't say I blame him. Like, it's not like he just hosts that stuff. Like, he does, like, him and like his like company or, or whatever. Like, they run it. Like, yeah. They, they get the guests. They like do all the prep work. That is their production. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, but, uh, this week, there was a, a little bit of, of news-ish adjacent. Uh, long-time, 30-year veteran voice actor of Mario Mario, Charles Martinet, is, uh, no longer going to be the voice. Yeah. Which, I mean, that sucks, but, uh, maybe they'll get Chris Pratt to do it. So, um, that would be funny. <laughs> it looks like, I'm, so I did not realize it. He is 67. So, odds are he's just ready to retire. Yeah. Um, he is still going to be the Mario ambassador and will still be doing, like, appearances at conventions and stuff, stuff like that. Um, but he is not the voice in, um, the newest Mario game they just, um, revealed, like, at that last Nintendo Direct, um, Mario Wonder, I think it was called. Yeah. The, the 2D one with, like, the, the weird gravity mushroom effect things. The 2D one where they fully grapple into the use of drugs. Yeah, yeah, that one. Um, he yeah. he is not the the voice actor for like the Mario sound effects. Um, but they sound very similar to like what he traditionally did. So mm-hmm. they're not drastically changing how Mario sounds. It's just going to be somebody else doing the voice. Yeah. Um, but I I was looking. So he has he has been doing Mario since 1990. So it's either 92 or 94. Um, his Wikipedia says 94, but the game says it re- released in 92. And it does not show, like, a different release date for other regions. So I'm not entirely sure how accurate either one of those is. But, yeah. you know, 30-ish years. He's voiced Mario. Well, Mario, Luigi, Wario, Waluigi. And I think he also does, like, Toad and some other, like, miscellaneous characters. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's also, like, done voice acting at a bunch of other stuff. Um, over the last decade, it's basically just been Mario games. Uh but, like, he actually, in the most recent Dragon Ball movie, uh, Dragon Ball Superhero, he was the voice of the antagonist. Really? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Which, they, they mentioned that on a podcast I was listening to today, and I, and I looked it up, I'm like, oh shit, that was him. That's, that's very funny. Yeah. Um, so, so it's, it's, like you said, it's less about the fact that he's, like, stepping away from being Mario, and more about the fact that he's just retiring from voice acting. I mean, like, we don't know that for sure. He might, he might also be looking to, do more varied voice acting because again in the, over the last decade he's only voiced not mario like a couple of times mm-hmm. like almost everything on his like wikipedia for like um credits is a mario game where he is voicing at least one mario related character but like think about i i mean i doubt i doubt he gets like paid on points or anything like that from those i'm sure it's just a one time fee for the recording session so like his recording sessions for mario is Wahoo! Ah! Wah! Okie dokie! Here we go! Like, that's all his voice, that's, that's all he's gotta do for each game. You know, you're really, you're really underselling his impact to the character. <laughs> what else does he do? It's a me, a Mario. Uh, okay. Um, ouch. Oh, ouch, and uh, wah! Uh, but also, you know, you, there, there's also Luigi. And Waluigi and Wario. Yeah, I mean he he does he does all of like every he's, he's basically every Mario. Yeah, actually, um, he apparently was also some of the um the voice 
or not not like voiceover is not the right word, but like the sound effects, I guess, for Bowser and Mario 64. So, you know, like, when you come up to Bowser or, like, when there's, like, the Bowser um, dialogue in, th- in different parts of the castle, it's there's always that, like, uh, uh, uh sound. Like, it's like Jabba the Hutt. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, that was also him. Yeah. So, like, that dude is all over the Mario franchise. But, yeah. The, I, I mean, I'm not going to say I, – I can't say he won't be mad. But I'm just like, all right. It, it, I'm, I'm glad he had 30 fucking years of doing this one job, and that was awesome. Especially in like voice acting and game industry, you don't often see that, so that's great. Yeah, and, and uh, everyone I've heard talk about him, like since that was like announced, is just like, oh, he like he's also the nicest guy. Yeah, so that's also good. Um, but yeah, th- there will apparently be like a video released with him and Miyamoto. Like I, they didn't say what, but like that that was one of the other news things that were kind of around this. So. Mm-hmm. Might be talking about, like, Mario as, like, a character and, like, the work they both done on it or something. Who knows? I guess we'll find out. Um, there's usually a Nintendo Direct that comes out in September, so it might be, like, around that time that they release something like that. Or it might be part of the Direct, for instance. Yeah. But, yeah, I just wanted to, to mention that up front quickly. Um, yeah. No, it makes sense. I get it. Yeah. Do you want to talk? Uh, uh, sorry, go ahead. Nothing. I really didn't know. I was just making more of a non-sequitur of anything. Just... Saying goodbye to Charles Musk. I mean, he's not dead. Jesus, man. I know, but it's like he's not going to be... You make it sound like he is. But he's not going to be the voice actor. So, like, we're not going to really hear from him after that. Like, the next next news item we're going to hear about him is Charles Martinet, the voice actor for Mario for 30 years, has passed away. Like, that's the next news article. And it might be 20 years from now. It might be 30 years from now. But that's most likely the next news article we're going to hear from him. And it sucks. I'm just saying, man, you're being you're being a little bit of a Debbie Downer. Look, th- sometimes that happens. <laughs> um, but would you like to talk a little bit about um Legacy of Isla Nublar? Yeah. Um. So we talked about the, well, two, well, we didn't we haven't it played June. it since June, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. almost two almost two months. About two months. Uh, we we me Cub, uh, Erica and uh, Mike, right? Matt. Matt. Uh, I knew it was an M. I'm just bad with names. No offense to Matt. I'm just bad with names. Um, a, fr- the friend, a friend of Cobb's, Matt. Uh, we, we started playing the Legacy of Isla Nublar, which was that Funko game that we talked about on our YouTube channel uh, two years ago, year ago, year and a half ago, something like that. Um, uh, we, we got to sit down and play the next two chapters of it. And, uh, God, I really do enjoy that game and how they built that game. Yeah, they did a really good job with it. Yeah. Um, like, what was it, Adventure 2? No, Adventure 3 felt like such... Adventure 2 wasn't quite as chaotic, but it was us just refreshing ourselves on how to play, but Adventure 3 felt so much chaos. Yeah, well, so Adventure 3 is where it finally hit the movie. Yeah. So, like, the first... The prologue and then, like, the first two chapters were very much, like, pre-stuff. Like, we only had, what, there, there were a couple of characters that would have been on the island beforehand... Um, and in the, in the first one, cause you had Muldoon and, um, Wu and Hammond and then like a bunch of like unnamed people basically. Yeah. Um, and then in two, you get, um, Nedry and Arnold and like, that makes sense. Like they would definitely be there like ahead of time because they're, they're doing like security and, and network and everything like that. Yeah. Um, but then three is where Sattler, um, Malcolm and, um, Grant finally come in. And then you also have the the Lex and Tim side of the adventure. 
Yeah. So, like, it, that was the one where it got, like, a little more, like, okay, we now have new dinosaurs on the board that we didn't have before. They're all fucking carnivores, as far as yeah. what we, we got to add. Because we've been winning. Yeah, and then we also had the stipulation of somebody had to be um, Grant, Sattler, or Malcolm. Like, one, yeah. one of those three had to be used. It, so we couldn't leverage the characters that we had kind of already unlocked some stuff for. Um, and then they kept throwing those, like, wild cards in of, like, hey, Lex and Tim are, like, lost in the park somewhere. Like, you have to go find them, and every every round you don't find them, you suffer a consequence. And I would say, um, episode three wouldn't have been as much chaos, or, set, or like, part three, Adventure 3, wouldn't have been as much chaos if more of us picked Sadler, uh, Grant, or, or, or Malcolm. I don't know if that's uh, true. It, it, it is, because... It, the the one objective needed to be done by one of them three. The I first mean, that, objective. That part is true, but we did actually end up knocking that out very quickly. From three, what, what it, it took, it took us three rounds to do it. No, no so it took we us, got. It took us two rounds. No. Yeah. Okay, but like it's, we could have technically, I think, gotten it done in a round if we had, and not getting that, gotten that that consequence. Which I mean, the consequence didn't really do much to us. But we could have gotten it done in a round if we had one of the other one of the other two with us as well. Um, but like, yeah, it's still it's still it's like the the game design for it like it made it work and it made it fun and it was just like it's like all right, well we have this primary objective, we have these these extra movements and everything like this, so we can like make sure whoever's Grant or whoever is that character can can do them. Um, and it, it, that was the first time in a, a game that I felt kind of useless as Muldoon. Because I was just like, all right, well, what can I, how can I help? And, how, like, and at that point, helping is doing, like, doing field research where you can. And, like, yeah. hurting the di- the dinosaurs so that yeah. we can um, preserve them as much as possible. Yeah. And that that was, I wish, I wish I had the, the herd gun, because that would have made a little bit of that a lot easier because i would have been able to like hurt use an action to hurt one one way use use the free action to hurt one the other way because that we just kept getting stuck with the spino and the the dillo attacking each other yeah it just happened to be where those two like where we placed them on the board strategically thinking that it would work the um the 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 sector decks have just not been working out in our benefit yeah um, and then, and then I wasn't able to like I wanted to do field research pretty much every round. I'm like, this, I should be, I should be able to do this if I'm going to be in these zones. I should be able to, and I wasn't. Unfortunately, wasn't able to do it. Yeah, because there were a lot of other like that. That third one in particular had a lot of stuff to try and like manage. Yeah, like every time we flipped, and like the one um, round four, there were two different cards that we had to resolve as quickly yeah. as possible, because we had the find the find Nedry and the canister of um, stolen embryos and find Lex and Tim. Yeah. And like, all we knew is we had to search all six zones. Or yeah, sectors, and that, all, that, six, all six sectors. That's the part that, like, it doesn't suck, like, it, it makes sense, but, like, that's part of the part that, like, kind of sucks, is, like, we, you don't have to search all six. You would just have to search the one that it's in, but you don't know which one it's in. Yeah, and, and so like each both times, the last one we searched was the one that they were in. So we had to waste three instead of wasting one uh uh a- 
action token, or two action tokens to find the two things. We wasted six action tokens to find the, the two things. Yeah, I mean, at least we were at least in the situation where, like, because I have Hammond, I have a lot of ability to move other people around. Yeah. Um. So even though, like, you guys can't necessarily move yourselves, I'm happy. Like, And I also, I think both games I ended up with, um, with vehicles with free movement. So yeah. being in that situation where I can use my actions to strategically place the three of you and then use that free action to, like, move myself someplace if need be or, like, bring followers or whatever from the helipad to, like, a building. Yeah. Since we now have, like, we have roads going in such a way where, like, it's possible to use the vehicles to do that. Yeah. That's one thing I wish we could do was use the vehicles to move players as well. Like, and, and a Jeep has four seats in it. So it should be able to move up to four players, including the person who's driving. I think it or, can. But no, it's it's only followers that it can move. So I think some I there is something that also lets you move players. It might be like a like an unlock skill or something. Yeah, there might be something later on, but I don't think any of us have it. Like we can we can't I can't like move you when I move as well. Like I can't have you follow me. But like it makes sense because that's part of like the turn order and making sure that like everyone gets their turn, everyone can move wherever they want and it doesn't give other players extra movement but like at least with the vehicles you should be able to use maybe if it becomes an action to use a vehicle you can move actual players and stuff as well but we'll have to wait and see until later yeah i think that's part of it too is like especially by like round three or four if you've been like strategically placing roads and stuff based on like what the game lets you do um you might be able to get around almost the entire board based on roads and i think i forget exactly how many spaces i think you can do up to three in like the regular jeep so you can go through three zones in the regular jeep as long as there is a road connecting Mm -hmm. so like to get from zone one like like it's not zone one but like the the helipad zone to like where we have the um the visitor center like yeah that's only three zones away like we have the roads there we can easily do that yeah um like how we have our board set up works very well for like a lot of the objectives we needed Especially since of right now, all of our uh, locations and POIs are connected by roads. So it's like, all right, this is good. This works. Yeah, I think the only thing that we sort of, um, I guess, like, the only thing that, that I regret is um, the locations of the new carnivores. Just because we, yeah. we put them so close together that, like, we're just always going to have, like, a weird herding issue with them. Yeah, um, oh, it's it's that and the fact that we have a fence in its direction, in in one of its directions, and it's not the one that's separate. So, like, the the issue is we have the Dilophosaur, who is on the very west part of the board, but also can't move east without hitting something. So, like, if he does have to get, have to move east, he gets stuck there, and so that's, like, an extra turn or two before, like, if the next round he goes south and then east and whatnot, it, make, it just true. makes it a little bit more difficult. Um, but like, yeah, other than that, it's, it's like, yeah, I get, I wish we did have, I wish we did have them a little bit more separated, but at the same time, I, we're, they're as separated as they can be with like, I, the only other place to put maybe the Dilla would be up where the Triceratops are, but, the, but that's still kind of right next to the Raptors. It's just not. Yeah. Like the, there's definitely not like a lot of other options. Yeah. It's just like. I kind of, like, in retrospect, wish that, like, we had, like, come up with a better solution for them, just because of how often they keep ending up 
either next to each other or on top of each other. Yeah. And like, I think like knowing what the, um, the power station is for now, I feel like having that south of like the visitor center and the, um, the genetics lab would have probably made a little bit more sense. Cause like right now it's very far north. Um, well, the, 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 I mean, the elect, the, it, right now where it is is very good because it's right next to the visitor center. And a lot of what we're doing is going back and forth from the visitor center. No, no, it's, it's north of the, um, the genetics lab. So it's like three zones away from the visitor center. No, the genetics lab is north. Yeah. The, the, the genetics lab is in blue. The, um, the, uh, power station is. Oh, right, right. I have, I have them swapped west. in my head. Yeah, yeah. The power station is in a good spot. The genetics lab is a little north. I wish we did have that further down south because we do need to start focusing on that a little bit. Um, if we want to try to unlock all the possible cards that we could have for later games. Yeah. Um, so right now, like we have all of the, the movement stuff unlocked from, um, from the visitor center. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah, the, like unlocking some of the item sets from the genetics lab would be super helpful. Yeah. Um, I was actually, um, my client today was the, the client that I, I'm at with Matt. Like, like it is his company. Well, not his yeah. company, but like it's where he works. Um, so we were talking a little bit about it and we were both thinking like, we're probably only getting carnivores because we keep winning. Like had we lost, we probably would have opened up those herbivore boxes. Yeah. Um, but at a certain point, we're just not going to have dinosaurs to open anymore because there's only five dinosaurs that you can add if, if uh, there's only five possible carnivores, I should say. Cause you have I'm, the... sh- I'm, well, yeah, like, I'm sure maybe if we lose, if we win again and like there's no more carnivores, it might tell us to open a different one. Like at that point, it's open either a carnivore or if you don't have any more, like I'm sure maybe later on in the later books, it explains like, if you don't have any more carnivores, open this. Or you're right. Maybe it's just, all right, don't open anything else. Yeah. Um, I mean, the instructions and stuff do say that you may not open all of those boxes. Yeah. Um, but I'm figuring, like, we have, th- it's, there's three carnivores, we have opened two of them. Um, then there's three herbivores that we haven't opened at all yet, and may never open. Yeah. Um, and then there's the two woo creations, which are almost certainly carnivores. It's the Indominus and whatever that other one is. Yeah. But there's also, we still have another, um, nine more scenarios to play through. It, exactly. So, um, I, I, we're probably going to lose one. Um, and honestly, I messed up a rule in our second scenario in the first one we played that would have made that game a lot harder had I not misread that rule. Which one? So the card said anytime you're in a, the territory, the, I think it says anytime you're in the territory of a dino, like of, uh, anytime you're in a carnivore's territory, and I took that as anytime I'm in the same zone as a, a, a carnivore, and not anytime I'm in the starting zone as a carnivore. And that was, oh. I get, I get my, I get an action token back. So like, and, and I had brought attention to that to you guys afterwards. Like, oh, I completely misunderstood that rule because that's, that's just what I thought. And it wasn't like, it wasn't clarified to me until the next, until like we were part way into playing scenario three where I was like, oh shit, I misunderstood that then. Oops. We can't go back and replay it. It is what it is. Yeah. I mean, like, unfortunately that is, yeah, like that. <laughs> Yeah. If you mess up a rule in a game like this, like, you just have to hope that you didn't mess it up so bad that it either ruins, like, your chances of winning or makes it so that, like, you kind of, like, ruin the game. And I think that, that, that first one, like, there was enough going on that, like, we didn't get out of it completely unscathed. Um, yeah. And, like, we, we were still trying to, like, 
figure stuff out. And frankly, the the power station really kind of like threw us all for a loop because like I don't think any of us fully understood what the power outages would mean until like yeah. it happened. Yeah, um, the power outages were rough. Um, like once we kind of understood them and figured out how to get those things to flip correctly, because like, it, like I like it, it wasn't just like Erico's um with with like the nails being unable to get it to flip. Like they were such flimsy pieces of cardboard, they just didn't really like tumble correctly. Yeah, I wish I did something better with those. Like, like had like a little them... token or something like that to flip. Yeah, I, like I'm honestly considering doing some like trying to find some sort of like dino based token that we can use for for that for next time because that the, like that that mini game kind of kind of that is the first mini game where i'm like all right this sucks yeah like, it is it's not a bad mini game. random it's like it's yeah i mean it's not it's just uh it's it's not bad it's just of the three so far it's the worst yeah and like it's kind of like doing that for real like you know when you're pumping a thing like that like sometimes like you get a bad pump and like it shorts it or whatever yeah so but like, it was like if you get three shorts then it's like all right well you got to restart all of yeah. it, and I'm like, all right, well, that, I mean, it makes sense, but that sucks, and it's just, it all, the the thing that I don't like about it is it takes two actions in order, at least two actions in order to do that scenario, because you yeah. have to, you have to pump it first, and then you have to kick it. Yeah, I mean, that that is true, and I, that is unfortunately just, like, that that is the sort of chance, I guess, like, like, the, uh, not the chance, um, I can't think of the word I'm looking for, actually. The gamble. Well, the gamble, but also, like... That is just a hurdle in the game, like like yeah, like that is there to make the game harder. Because like without yeah. that, then like every round we would probably be finishing both of the of the the buildings and getting yeah. like the item cards. So yeah. like this makes it a little harder. We're like, okay, well we have to kind of pick and choose what we want to try for, and yeah, like it what's forces, most important. It, it forces you. It definitely forces you to prioritize uh, your actual like prioritize the main game over prioritizing the um the the mini games. Because they are, they're bonus things. They're deck building. That's all they are. Yeah, I guess that is, yeah. They, they really are just deck building. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the other thing, though, that we were, that we were kind of like, um, theorizing. So, Adventure 3 was at least part of the, the first movie. It's not the full first movie, in my opinion, at least. Like, I feel like it has to go a little bit further than that. Um, so I feel like pack, like Adventure 4 might be like, the ends of like the initial Jurassic Park, um, and if it, it if it kind of stays like that, it could do like a two ish per movie. Because if I remember correctly, when when we originally saw this, they had not included um, Dominion in it because that hadn't no. released yet. Yeah, that had they had they didn't have any of the information for Dominion, so they couldn't have added that. So it was up to Fallen um, Kingdom. Fallen Kingdom. I see. That's the thing. This this first one first scenario was half of Jurassic Park one. But I th- usually in these games, it has you determine whether you won or lost and how the rule sets play in su- subsequent games. If we had lost, we would definitely be going through the second half of Jurassic Park. Yeah, because like, um, like Nedry would have been dead, whereas in this one, he's not. Yeah, so in this one, it might be different. It might we 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 might still start with the power out, and we have to kick the power, but we might we might not have to. Like I don't know how like how the 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 folder is going to play out for the next game. Exactly. Like like there's definitely going to be changes, but so but like more to the point, the the thing we were thinking is if if every two packets is sort of like the premise of a movie, like that's where we get like the characters from that movie and whatnot. Excuse me, and whatnot. 
um, sorry, I, I lost a little track of thought there. If that's so in Lost World, for instance, we would get we would still have Ian Malcolm, but then um, I forget his wife's name, Julianne Moore. We would have had would would have had her, whatever her yeah. character's name was. We would have had Vince Vaughn's character. Yeah. Um, and like a handful of others probably would get introduced. And I imagine like, um, Malcolm's daughter would, would probably wouldn't be a character, but would be, would be similar to Tim and Lex. Would be a follower. Yeah. A follower or like one of those just like you have to like find them, protect them sort of things. Yeah. Um, but if that's the case, so it, if, if we have two packets of Jurassic Park two and three, like how do they rewrite that to make them on this island? Cause both of those movies were on Isla Sorna, right? Yeah, so Jurassic Park 2 was on Isla Sorna. Um, Jurassic Park 3, they, I don't know if they actually, it's not Isla Nublar, unless there's a third island. I thought it was also Sorna, because I thought there were only the two islands, but I know it's not Nublar because Grant literally says to the, to William H. Macy and the woman whose name I'm forgetting, um, I've never been on this island, you idiots. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it, it, it might, like, but it, like, and obviously that this is more an issue with, um, storyboarding and, 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 and location scouting. Like, there, it does, any, everywhere that they are in Jurassic Park 2, the Lost World, does not really look like anywhere they are in Jurassic Park 3. So that's yeah. why I'm just like, I don't know if maybe it's a third island. I also don't know if Jurassic Park 3 is an original story based off of, it is an original story if it's based off of a book. Uh, Jurassic Park the- 3 is not. Um, Lost World, was the last Jurassic Park book yeah. that Crichton wrote. And he didn't even want to write that. Like, he was kind of pushed to write it by his publishers because of the movies. Yeah, so, honestly, most likely Jurassic Park 3, it might just be on a completely... It might be on a third island. Um, I'm not sure, though. I'm actually trying to look. Um, so, Isla Sorna... Uh, da, 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 da. Oh, apparently there are five islands in, in the general area of um, Isla Nublar and Sorna and everything. Interesting. Right, according to... Cora, two and three are on Sorna. Okay, so they were both on Sorna. Yeah. That's what I thought. Like, I knew two definitely was, and all I knew was three wasn't on Nublar. Yeah. So, yeah. I I am curious, like, how, if at all, they kind of factor that into it, because we were told that the game kind of follows the general plot, like, not necessarily plot, but, like, the general timeline of the first five movies. Uh, it's possible that they're in, in, in the folder is, a, a a thing that you, is, is like a mat that you put on top of the Game Boy. Um, it's, po- um, but yeah, uh, that's a, that's a good question. Cause, but it's also like, we've already at this point gone opposite of the story. So maybe it, it might still be Jurassic Park 2, the law. They might have just like re, readjusted or might have just given some of their own storyline based on uh these instead of moving the islands they kept it on island nublar just to make it easier otherwise they would need a whole new map yeah and and that'd be funny if like it was one of those like okay now flip the game over <laughs> like flip here, the game board over here's isla sorna <laughs> watch there be a sticker on the back of the game board that we didn't even realize or like just the top of the game board is a sticker yeah yeah <laughs> i i and you know what? If it if it ended at Jurassic Park three, I'd actually I wouldn't be totally shocked if they did something weird like that. But um, since it does go to um Jurassic Park and Fallen Kingdom or World yeah. and Fallen Kingdom, it's like okay, well those do go back to Nublar, so I get it. Yeah. So like, but that's what I'm more interested in is like, how is this going to play out now that 
potentially we save the island. Like, is, is how are the future games going to, how are the future sessions going to play out? Because the whole reason Jurassic, The Lost World and Jurassic Park 3, which I don't think actually has a subtitle, does it? It's just Jurassic Park 3. And then Jurassic World and, and, um, uh, 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 Fallen Kingdom. The, all, the whole reason, like, those all happened was because the park failed. But are we are did the park fail at this point? Have we succeeded in keeping the park from failing? So how is that going to skew and change our story moving forward to where we don't even have Jurassic Park Lost World happen? We have a completely new storyline. Yeah, and like we're we're already seeing that sort of happen by like where we finished um number three, uh Adventure Three, we have Nedry and Arnold still alive. And and Muldoon. Yeah. And Muldoon. But also, where we are in 3 compared to where they die is different. Muldoon, or uh, Nedry for sure would be dead at this point. But Muldoon and Arnold uh, aren't quite, um, because Muldoon doesn't die until uh, they go to kick the power back on. And Arnold dies just, like, sometime that night before then, but most likely after Nedry. So like, that's, oh, that's true because it was the next day when Sattler and Muldoon go to the power yeah, station. Yeah. So if it's still going to stick with the normal Jurassic Park storyline, the next episode or the next session is going to be literally us looking for the kids while trying to reestablish. Like the power is going to be out as soon as the game starts. Well, and so maybe we we already found the kids. So yeah, that's, well, that's, where, the thing. that's where it's a little confusing. Is because yeah, we, we found the kids already. So are they just? So is the game kind of just working with the timeline of the kids in Nedry were missing at the same time, which they were, um, yeah. but you find them both in the course of the same time frame, which would put yeah. us just past... Which, um, I mean, technically, we do still find the kids as Nedry dies. Um, in, in like they do, Grant finds the kids, and then it's Grant and the kids are missing while everyone else is trying to find Grant. Um and get them back. So, like, at this point, the where we are is potentially the end of Jurassic Park, where the kids are eating Jello and raptors are about to. Right. Exactly. Yeah, like, after Tim gets shocked and everything. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm just, I am very curious to see, yeah. like, how they kind of wrap the narrative from the different movies into it. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm also curious just to see, like, what other stuff kind of, what other hurdles they throw at us and what other, um, like, items and Easter eggs and things we find. I'm I'm excited. As soon as you guys want to play it again, I'm down to play it again. And honestly, once we're done this, if we want to keep this legacy board game group going, I'm down with more legacy board game groups. Like I said, I have Dragon's Fire, which is the D and D legacy deck builder game that I've gotten to play a few times, but never really gotten beyond the initial scenario because it's really fucking hard. But it's also I love the game. It's yeah, it's super we, fun and cool. We also have um, Pandemic Legacy. Yeah, you have Pandemic and and things like that. So. We might need to make this a, a, a group that meets more often. Is all I'm saying. Yeah, I, I mean, I know, I know, Matt loves this stuff. So yeah, we might have to like, meet more often. Just saying, yeah. we might have to, might have to pick a day that's not just a random or not just a Friday or Saturday. We might have to start doing like a Tuesday or a Wednesday or a Thursday to play. No, I'm, I know that's going to be a little bit too different. Yeah, especially because he lives out in PA. Yeah, man, like he stupid. he lives in Upper Darby, out near um like the Tower Theater. Stupid PA. So like. It's not a terrible drive, but like weeknight, like driving into Jersey, like that would be a bad time. Yeah. And and working at a school, it's just you'd have to be back. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I I have thoroughly enjoyed this. Um. Yeah. 
like, I, I've never actually played the Legacy games before. Like I said, we have Pandemic, but we just, it was never a game that we broke out because, kind of like you said w- with the one that you were just talking about, like, you need to find people that are willing to, like, commit to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, And that can be hard sometimes. Yeah. But I guess, would you like to move on? What's all this Pokemon stuff you want to talk about? All right. Um, A or B? Uh, let's just go with both. A. Let's go with A. Okay. So, um, I, I, I got back to Pokemon. Like, to playing it. So, it's Scarlet and Violet? Oh, no, absolutely not. Um, Soul Silver. Okay. Um, why would I play Scarlet and Violet? That game was fucking boring. Uh, because you haven't beaten it yet? Yeah, but I... Eh, what What's left in that game, really? There's a whole new DLC where they're making a big deal about the fact that you can capture starter Pokemon in the wild now. But, like... And, and, I, oh, and and they... Oh, you know Sinistee, right? The little yeah, the little teacup Pokemon. That the one that, that can be turns, a forgery? That, yeah, that evolves into Poltegeist. They they have a new T type Pokemon that's that has nothing to do with Sinistee and Poltegeist, but it is another fucking ghost type Pokemon inside a T fucking jar. I I'm can't all for that. Its name. I can't remember its name. I have just I like at this point you can't be mad because after a thousand Pokemon you're gonna run out of ideas and rehash them. They've already rehashed them with Electric Mouse like so many fucking times. Of course they're gonna rehash that with with T uh, T ghosts. But I was just like, oh my god, are you kidding me? Like they're really giving us a new and they made sure on facebook to say this has nothing to do with cynistine is completely different i'm like come on guy come on yeah but um no like at some point i do kind of plan on going back to to scarlet and violet just to wrap up i finished the star falls thing i finished the the legendary beast or whatever the fuck it was called um i am just have the gym i have not finished that yet i am that's what i'm saying yeah, I finished all the like gyms. I gyms, have to. Right? No, no, I finished all the gyms. I just have to go do like Victory Road or whatever. Um, oh, I think that's so what you, it's called. You just have to go after the Elite Four. Yeah, I have to do the Elite Four, do the the um the the rival battle, and then I can go do the end game stuff in Crater Zero or whatever that place was called. So, so it's it's Elite Four, and then I don't think is there. Yeah, it is. There is a rival battle. There's always it's a rival just, battle. Yeah, it's either I before or after. Was, I couldn't remember if it was after Elite Four or after the uh, Area Zero. But yeah, it's just, it's, look, I get it. And it, that game wasn't great. I get it. Yeah, and like, it's not that it was, it wasn't bad per se. It's just, there was nothing to like really yeah. grab me. Like, it would, if they hadn't done Arceus, I think it'd be different. Yeah. Like, if I hadn't played Arceus less than a year prior, I'd be like, oh yeah, no, this, this is the next logical step from Sword and Shield. Because, like, there was a lot of good stuff in, in Scarlet and Violet. Um, but it was missing all the stuff that I absolutely adored about Arceus. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I went, I started playing, um, Soul Silver on the D, well, I'm playing it on my 3DS XL, but it's the DS game. Nice. Um, yeah, I forgot that game, actually kind of hard. Like, I'm so used to playing, like, these modern Pokemon games that, like, you basically have to try to lose. Like, unless you, unless you actually set yourself up with, like, like, handicaps, basically, you, you can't lose. Well, that's, um, that's kind of where, like, Nuzlocke started, basically. It's just like, alright, well, these games are too easy, so let's make them harder by killing our Pokemon when they die. Yeah, like, I had to, so, like, I purposely picked, um, um, Cyndaquil as my starter. Um, both, I, I adore Cyndaquil. He's a great little guy. But also, um, 
the fire starter is always, at least in, in those early games, was always the harder one to start with because yeah. so few things in early game are weak against it, and it is weak against so much. And yeah. by so much, I mean water. Um, so I, I just last night I finished the the second gym, so I'm I'm like four or five hours in. Um, the first gym actually took me several tries because I was just I was slightly under leveled, and it's a bird at the gym. It's a bird gym, so like I had literally nothing that had an advantage against it. Um. And it was just, um, they had a fucking Pidgeotto that just kept hitting me with sand attacks and then hitting me with, like, um, like, Peck and stuff like that. Or Gust, not Peck. And was just destroying my team. Because it was also, it was, like, a level, like, 13 or 13 to 15, and my strongest was the Cyndaquil at level 10. So, yeah. like, I was underleveled for it. But, like, again, I am so used to, like, the last couple of generations where it's, like, oh, yeah, no, like, I I have, I have to actively try to have a bad team to, to lose. Like, I have to stay under-leveled or the game's too easy. Um, and also, like, the last decade of Pokemon, everyone gets experience at the same time. Yeah. Um, this Even even at this point, like, so this would be between Gens 4 and 5 is when this came out. So this is still technically um, the, the Diamond, Pearl, Platinum generation. It did not yet, at least, I have not played played the Diamond, Pearl ones in so long. I don't remember if they did this, but Soul Silver doesn't do the... Oh, like you don't get experience when you catch a Pokemon. You don't get experience when um, your whole team doesn't get experience when you battle. Yeah. So like you have to like if if a new Pokemon pops up and you're out there grinding for experience, like you just have to take the take the hit and catch it and then grind some more. Yeah, I think that was the era when they started doing like the moving grass stuff too. So that like if you run around and you see the moving grass, that's a generally a Pokemon with that'll give you more experience. I think that might have been Generation 5. I think that might have been the Unova game. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, just before this one. Um, but, like, I like I like these old ones. Like, I like that it's actually a challenge. And while I'm not totally into the uh, the grinding that you have to do in the early game, like, I'm not opposed to it. Like, yeah. it doesn't take that long. Like, uh, so, and I, it's been so, it, it has been a decade since, or 13 years, I should say. It's been 13 years since I played these. Um, cause when I actually loaded up my soul silver copy initially, I loaded into my original game and checked the date. My last playtime was uh, in t- 2010. Mm-hmm. Um, so like it's been a very long time and I did not know this cause it's been, again, it's been so long. Um, Pokemon games don't let you fucking save over them. Did you remember that? What do you mean? So if you, if, if you're playing Pokemon, you start a new game, it gives you like a little warning that like, um, if you start a new game, you'll lose, like, your old game. I did not read the entire dialogue because I'm just like, okay, yes, I, I know I can only have one save. Like, whatever. Um, You cannot save the game at all if you start a new game. You have to actually delete your save first. I did not know that. Yeah, so I played for about 40 minutes and went to save. And the game's just like, oh, you can't save. Like, there, there's already save data on this cartridge. You have to go hit control or um control. It's like start select... um up and A or something like that, and erase your save first. I'm like, cool, so I have to redo all of this. That Damn. fucking sucks. But I did it because I'm like, well, I want to play this, so I'm just going to go back and redo this 40 minutes. I'll just do it a little bit quicker. I won't... I was, like, doing the thing where, like, early game, you kind of, like, go around talk to everybody, look for everything, because it's been so long. I'm like, no, fuck yeah. it. I talked to them already. No one gave me anything. I'm just gonna fucking... I'm gonna speed to this guy, speed back, and then be on my way. Um, Makes sense. But, like... I got the, the the strange egg early in the game, and I forgot that turned into... Uh, like, I should have just put two and two together that would be a Togepi, 
but like it turned it, it hatched into a togepi i'm like oh right and then like i i got togepi a little bit of experience and i'm like oh right togepi is like super squishy like the littlest um the littlest attack just fucking wrecks it but it's also very powerful with special attack yeah like i was like three levels lower than things using its, its extra sensory and it was like taking down half health i'm like okay yeah, i mean <laughs> To- Togepi dies from a a, a sand attack. Like I, I, that's a da- and it's a non damaging attack, and Togepi will die from it. That's how we. I mean, you're not wrong. So, uh, the second gym is the bug gym. Um, and so there's a lot of poison attack, like poison pin and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, every time Togepi got hit, it got poison. Mm-hmm. Every time one hit did two points of damage, poisoned it, and then the hurt by poison did more damage than that the initial hit did. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, it was it was very funny. But like every, anytime that that extra sensory hit, it fucking wrecked them. And I threw a metronome in a couple of times. And while that attack, I don't know if you ever used that one. It's basically it just does a random attack. Um, so like one time it fucking threw out a, a dragon rage and just obliterated the thing I was fighting. Mm-hmm. Um, but another time it did like sweet kiss, which doesn't do jack shit. Like, it, 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 like, charms a Pokemon of, like, the opposite gender or something like that. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, cool. So this did absolutely nothing. But the one before that, just one hit KO'd somebody that was a little bit stronger than the Togepi was. I'm like, man, I forgot how wild Metronome. Metronome. Greatest, worst ability in the world. Yeah. But I, I'm at that point now where, like, all my Pokemon are a little bit stronger so I can do a little bit more. Um, I don't have, like, my final team yet. Like, I, I have a full team of six, but, like... A lot of them are just kind of like there because I needed I needed those extra people in the party for just like situations. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like if I need to swap out to somebody or I need like like if a Geodude right now, I'm like you can take you can take a beating and you're okay. So like I'm gonna keep you in my party and when I need to heal everybody, I'm gonna throw you out. Let you do your thing while I heal everybody. Um, but I'm hoping I need to get a fire type and a grass type and a water type. I'm sorry, I don't need a fire type. I need a grass type and a water type for sure. Um, I do have I have I have the sheep the Mareep for the um for the electricity but i probably yeah. won't keep i probably won't keep that like you can get after that first gym you can get through the game without necessarily needing an electric type and i don't i don't dislike the Mareep, but i don't need it um i do want a Meryl. i just like Meryl. It's, it's a cool little guy Meryl pika blue is the best yeah he, he's just neat yeah. um but i'm hoping that some of the i don't remember if some of the the unlockable stuff that this game had was like tied to like mystery gifts or events or something. Um, cause this soul silver, maybe crystal, I think soul silver might've been the first time that, um, the U S could like legitimately get Celebi in the game. Oh, chase. There's dogs barking outside. Yeah. I understand. Um, yeah. Cause I back, too. back in like the 99, 2000, when the game was released, um, you could only get Celebi in Japan. Um, it was tied to the, I don't know if you, if you remember in the anime, um, Ash got that GS ball and I don't really remember now. Yeah. So they, they, they had the two tied together. So Ash goes to the orange Island after, after the Indigo league to pick up, um, a, a weird pokeball that another scientist had gotten. Mm-hmm. And that leads to him doing the orange Island before going back and like showing the pokeball to professor Oak, who then asks Ash to deliver it to the Pokeball guy, Kurt, in Johto. Um, and that was like a whole thing in the show. Like, apparently the show was actually going to have Ash bring that to Kurt and have that um, end up being like an arc of the show that involves Celebi. 
But instead, I want to say it was the fourth movie ended up being the Celebi movie. So they just nixed that whole storyline and they just never went anywhere with it. Hmm. Um, but the game tied into that and you could get a special item in Japan that was the GS ball. And there's like a little shrine in the one forest. And if you take the ball there and put it on the shrine, Celebi comes. But they never did it in the U.S. So like while that shrine is there and while the Celebi code is in the game, there was no legal way to get it. You had to use like a Game Shark or like there's probably a glitch the same way there was from you. Um, but I, I believe Soul Silver was the first time where they included a way to catch like you could do that scenario in Soul Silver and Heart Gold. Um, but I don't I just don't know if the if the GS ball was like mystery gift spe- specific the way like they'll do sometimes. Or if it's just an item that I will eventually get in the game. Um, and I'm going to be a little bummed if it's like something that was tied to a mystery gift that just doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. Um, I'm sure, I'm sure you can get it even yeah. this far out. Well, cause like they, aside from just that, they also added like a little mini storyline that wraps up the Team Rocket stuff. So with that, there's also a scene where I guess you get to see Giovanni, um, interact with the rival from that generation who turns out to be Giovanni's son. Mm-hmm. Um, which is why he's like a little shithead. Yeah. And after that, you then battle Giovanni. Um, and this is three years later, and he's basically been in exile since he got beat by a child, like, four yeah. times. So, you know, it was like a n- neat little wrap-up to that. So I'm hoping I I'm hoping I get to do all that stuff. But we shall see. And then from there, I might go play some of the other Pokemon. I don't 100% know. Because, um, like, I, n- I actually never finished um, the Alola games. I kind of fell off of those, like, midway through. Um, and I have a copy of, I want to say it's, it was, it's the, the Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire or vice versa. I forget which one had Omega, which one had Alpha, but I have a copy of the, of the Ruby version that I never, um, I never really got into that. Like I might go back to, cause gen three was that gen that like, I just didn't really play. Like I had it on the GBA, but it just didn't click with me at the time. Cause I think, I think it came out when I was like a senior or junior in high school. Um, and I n- kind of. I went back and finished it, but it was one of those, like, I just kind of picked up where I left off, and it had been, like, five years. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, like I do. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Something so, I can never do. Yeah. So I, I might, I might, you know, like, probably not quickly, but I might, like, kind of, like, go from here to maybe um, to those, and then maybe I'll do Diamond and Pearl, or um, revisit, like, the Gen 5, 6, or 7, so Calo, the Black and White, um, X and Y, or Sun and Moon. Yeah. So I know I finished Black and White, but I don't think I ever finished Black and White too. I I don't think I ever even beat Black and White. Or no, I beat Black and White. So X and Y was the I one know. I I know you beat that one. That's one that ha- actually had the really interesting story. Yeah, with the whole war and the guy and the Pokemon are both immortal and everything. Yeah, that's X and yeah. Y. So I never beat Black and White. And I never played Black and White too. Um, because I think I think I don't know why I fell off of Black and White. I just did. I think something else came out shortly after that, and that was that's what got me more interested. Or I don't know. I don't remember why I fell off of black and white. Yeah, like I said, I know I finished black and white. I'm just I and I know I never finished black and white too. Um, and the same thing with Sun and Moon and Ultra Sun and Moon. Mm-hmm. But like, I'm I'm interested in black and white too because it's like it's the only direct sequel to like a generation. Like technically, Gold and Silver is a sequel to Red and Blue. Um, because like it's they tell you flat out it's three years later. Like, mm-hmm. Team Rocket's like, yeah, we disbanded three years ago, and, like, shit like that. Um, and if you play through the entire game, you go back through Kanto, you then get to f- battle Red in Mount Silver. Uh-huh. 
Yeah. So, like, it's a direct sequel in a way that, like, m- like you know, future games weren't. But then Black and White 2 is just, I think it's, like, a year later or something like that. And, like, they changed up some of the map stuff. And, like, I think even your starting town is, like, you start in a different town or something like that. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I'll, pro- I'll probably go over to that. But, yeah, it is kind of nice going back and playing, like, the old Pokemon games. Um. It's just, it's wild how, like, like I was saying before, they are more challenging. But they're also, like, there's a lot of quality of life stuff that they just had not figured out even by 2010. Because, mm-hmm. like, you can tell that, like, things, they added some quality of life to to these remakes. Like, they're not just straight, like, ports of the, the Game Boy Color games. Um, or even just, like, up versions. Because, like, it is the, it is the golden, or the um, Diamond Pearl artwork and everything. But, like, you can see, like, they improved things to these games. But, like, compared to the more modern Pokemon games, or even, like, the, the final generation of, like, the 3DS ones, like, the, like your Suns and Moons, um, like, it's wild how just not friendly some of the stuff is in these. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, I get annoyed by all the tutorializing that it does, like, early on in, like, the new ones. But, like, at least those games, fucking, they give you fast travel stuff, like, right away. Um, like, you just have to, you just have to get to the Pokemon Center and you can travel to it. Yeah. And even like like bikes and the ability to run and stuff are just there in fucking um, Soul Silver and stuff. And may- maybe in the original, I don't remember the original well enough. Uh, you get to the first town, and there is a man who says, "Oh, hey, you look like you're a new trainer." Um, and where in like red and blue, when that guy offers to teach you how to catch Pokemon, you can just say, "No, no, no, I'm good. I I know how to catch Pokemon." This man's just like, "I'm gonna show you around this whole little fucking town," <laughs> and he takes off, and you have to follow him walking at the slowest fucking pace because your character moves like a fucking snail. Um, and then yeah. when you're done, he finally goes, oh, hey, since you slowly walked around this whole town with me and listened to me explain a bunch of stuff that you already know, here are some running shoes. And then I can move a little bit faster. But, like, I don't have a bike yet. I don't remember when I get the bike, actually. I think it might not be till the next city or the city after that. But, like, I'd very much like a bike. <laughs> yeah. I get that. Uh, that was always the worst part of the early games was the moving, the slow movement. But I was, I'm, I'm glad they phased that out right away in, yeah, in these games. And just even though like you don't necessarily get a, get like a bike or a thing to ride immediately, um, at least knowing that like you move quicker, like you actually run when, when you move the analog stick is very nice. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so gonna keep playing Soul Silver for at least the time being. Um, but aside from that, the other Pokemon thing actually has to do with, um, why it was on here last week. Um, I fell down, like, a weird rabbit hole of, like, videos and articles about, um, like, basically Pokemon lore. Yeah. And this is actually why I started playing it, because I've been watching all these, like, random videos about it and shit. Um, so I'm just bringing up a, a Google Keep, because I, I took some notes on them and, like, went back and watched a few of them. So, th- first off, did you know that there is a novelization of <laughs> the original Pokemon ga- games? Is there really? Yeah. Um, it's, it's like Japanese only, but there is. And two things that are in those novels that are fucking wild. Um, apparently the, the, this novel explains why all the police officers are Officer Jenny's and all the nurses are Nurse Joy's. So basically like why basically everyone that works in a like useful field is a female. Um, uh-huh. it's because all of the men are bums because <laughs> they're all washed up Pokemon trainers. Because most boys at 10 set out to be Pokemon trainers and can't cut it. Yeah. Um, which I think is funny. That's great. So it's like, all the men in this world just suck. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then the other thing is, 
So it's not so much that they're sending children out to become Pokemon trainers. It's at the age of 10 in this world, you are legally an adult. Mm -hmm. Meaning 10 years old, you can go become a Pokemon trainer. 10 years old, you can also go get married. That's weird. Yeah, right? And yeah, in a novel. (laughs) Um, So uh, one of the other ones, uh, so Lugia from the the first, from the second movie, I should say. um, Mm -hmm. That was apparently a, that was an anime original Pokemon. First one. Like, was not created for the game and then, like, adapted to the movie. Like, was created to be, like, the Guardian of the Sea in Pokemon the Movie 2000. Okay. Or whatever it's called in Japan, because it came out before the year 2000. Um, so, like, one of the, like, the main guys behind, like, the anime and everything, um, Takeshi Shudo. Like, he wrote, like, the pilot. He wrote a bunch of other episodes. He wrote these movies. Um, he created them. Um, Lugia, that is. And was both upset that they then forced Lugia into the games. And was also upset that in the movies they made Lugia a male when... In his head, as he was writing the the character, um, wrote wrote Lugia as a female. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just I thought that was that was interesting that like the person who wrote it basically had no say in how it was used, essentially. Yeah, that's lame. Um, and then we have there have been over twenty deaths associated with Pokemon, like in real life or just in the series. In real life, Jesus Christ! Well, over- I'm sure a lot of them have to do with Pokemon Go. Um, over 22 of them are Pokemon Go related. Jesus. Yep. But like there, yep. there have been others, um, like, like other game anime related stuff. Um, if I remember correctly, it, none of them are, are Porygon related from the, the electric shoulder, soldier Porygon episode. Yeah. Um, I don't believe that any of the kids that had seizures then died back in the nineties, but, um, yeah, like over 20, over 20 deaths associated to Pokemon. Most of them from Pokemon Go. That doesn't shock me. People were idiots when Pokemon Go first came. Dude, people are still idiots. What are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, true, true. Uh, and then to circle back to the thing that we had, um, we had touched on a little while ago, um, in Pokemon X and Y, um, Floet is that little that like immortal Pokemon thing that that you were referencing. Yeah. Um, so in in Pokemon X and Y, you had you had the dude who'd been alive for a thousand years. Um, and he was he was basically sad because he had lost his partner Pokemon all that time ago. And I think like he thought the partner Pokemon was dead. Okay. Um so that's basically where that ends. Like like you see that scene and, that, and that's the end of it. In the code, you were supposed to be able to catch that Pokemon. You're supposed to be Ma- able to catch Floet. Yeah, maybe not that specific Floet, but you were supposed to be able to catch a Floet. Um and to the point where even in the next generation, so in the uh, the Alola version they still had Pokedex um, info in the code for Floet. Like, you'd never see it in the game because there's no Floet to unlock it with. But, like, that Pokemon was meant to be, like, attainable. Um, Interesting. Weird. Yeah. So, X and Y is is the generation where it never had a a third iteration. So, up till, up till um, the Switch, basically. Um, every generation had that, like, extra version of the game. So you yeah. had yellow, you had platinum, you had crystal, you had black and white too, um, and then you had like the um, Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon. Mm-hmm. X and Y, there was a Z game. Like Z was in development. That's where, um, do you remember Zygarde, I think the Pokemon name is? It's the one in um, Sun and Moon where you collect like the bits of him around the world and like eventually it'll turn into a Pokemon. Yeah, yeah. They're a little, he's a snake dude. Yeah, yeah, kind of. 
Um, he's a green. Um, yeah. That that was the po- like the the mascot Pokemon for um Pokemon Z that mid mid doing they just canceled it. Mm-hmm. Um, so like the the overarching theory is Floette was probably meant to be part of that game along with a bunch of other stuff that was just cut for one reason or another. And in some cases, it found its way in in one form or another into Sun and Moon, but like altered in some way. But yeah, like so, them just kind of killing an entire version of the game, like had like an impact on like stuff that probably would have made for more interesting like narratives. Because in my memory, X and Y had one of the better narratives. Yes, it absolutely did. Um, like that whole history thing, like it could have definitely been better, but it was still actually pretty cool. Yeah. Like, it, it was deeper than those games had ever really been before. Sorry, I'm just making a note in case uh, the ice cream truck sound was in the background to double check for it. Ice cream! It. Um, and, like, those were just, like, a couple of the ones that, like, I grabbed out. Like, there's so many... There's, there's a couple YouTube channels that are basically just dedicated to this stuff. Yeah. And they... It's almost as if YouTube has some great content that you should check out and gives you almost a reason to not have cable TV anymore. So, my biggest problem with YouTube is... All the, like, these videos are all, like, 20 minutes or less. Like, they're usually 10 to 15. Mm-hmm. I don't want to have to keep, like, queuing up videos every 15. Like, I want to just put on an hour thing and just watch it. Then find a playlist or make a playlist. That's a lot of work, man. It's not. Every Saturday morning, I have four hours of content set up for me, strictly from YouTube. I, look, I don't dislike YouTube. It's just a lot of the content that, like, would even relatively interest me on there is very short. And I just, I'm not... When I'm watching TV, like, downstairs, like, hey, Erica doesn't want to watch this. Like, she has no interest. Um, But, like, I don't want to watch 15-minute videos. Like, these are things that, like, I throw on while I'm, like, working and just kind of have on yeah. in the background sometimes. That's when I don't mostly ha- when what I-, I do at YouTube. Yeah, mostly when I run out of podcasts. Like, I listen to podcasts most, so there's that. But, yeah, I just, I was reading stuff, and then these videos got, like, a couple of these videos got recommended. And as we talked about before, if you just watch one second of something on YouTube, it's suddenly your entire fucking algorithm. Especially if you don't have an algorithm like you. I have an algorithm. Like, the problem is, like, I don't, again, like, like, like we're saying, like, I don't watch YouTube like you do. So it doesn't feed me a bunch of, like, unique stuff. Yeah. It's like, I watch a one thing because I'm looking something up, and then that becomes my algorithm for a while. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, just falling down the rabbit hole of, like, Hey, here's all these Pokemon that, like, you can't actually catch in the games. Like, and, like, there are, like, these weird, like, pseudo-Pokemon that appear in certain games that you just can never catch. Um, or, like, just weird lore things that, like, there's no way to know if they're connected, but they sure seem like they are. Yeah. Um, like, in, I want to say it's Hoenn. So, like, um, Generation 3, um, in the original games, so not in the, in the remakes, there is a an abandoned like sunk half sunken ship in the ocean that if you go on there like there's people just exploring it but it's still just like it's almost like like the S, like the St. Anne or SS Anne crashed um it's not that boat though it, it's a different boat but one of like the elite four members looks like a captain like he has like a frayed torn like captain's jacket over his shoulders yeah um and he makes references to like captain captaining boats and stuff like that and how his pokemon like saved him and I think he's the dragon trainer in that generation. Um, and like, if you read the Pokedex entry, like, Dragonites in that generation were known for finding, um, lost ships and guiding them back to land, basically. Mm-hmm. So like, there's this weird theory you can follow that like, 
that guy may have actually been the captain of that boat years prior and was saved by a Dragonite and then devoted himself to being a Dragon Trainer, which, like, that's we- that's a weird thing that, like, it all lines up perfectly, and, like, that could have been somebody's intention at Game Freak, but you'll just never know because it's Game Freak and they don't really put any thought into that stuff as far as, like, showing it to us in the narrative. Yeah. There's also, um, I mentioned this last week when, when we briefly touched on this. Um, I think it's Gen 4, there's the ghost girl, where yeah. you come out, you come out of an elevator, and then this girl walks out of the wall. And she doesn't even walk, she like kind of floats. And then she stops and like looks at you, and says something like, oh, you're not the one, and then like disappears. And you never see her again, it's never brought up again, it's never mentioned again, it's like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, what was this leading to? I think I looked it up. Uh, or something, somebody else brought it up. But yeah, there's multiple, you, you said it, and then I looked it up. There's multiple encounters with this ghost girl throughout all of the game. So, it's not necessarily them. her, but there are, like, other instances where you can find, like, other, like, ghost characters basically, like, hidden in the background or, like, like, just off screen or, um, like, behind your player character where, like, you can see that there's another person standing there, but it's not quite enough of the the sprite to make it out clearly Mm -hmm. like it's it's very weird it's weird that they went to that sort of trouble in later games yeah for it to like not ever really be explained yeah um i'm trying to think if there was anything oh the last thing the truck do you know the truck next to the the ssn in in gen one that so you were supposed that legend has it you can get a mew from it yeah or pika blue that was also the rumor yeah um so um, be, from like like cut stuff and and all these things, um, people were able to figure out that there was apparently at one point another town, and the art style was actually slightly different at that time, and there was a truck in it, and it mm-hmm. looks like maybe that town was exactly where Vermilion City is, or just south of Vermilion City, um, and they just never removed the truck from like the the game data. So that's why like if you look at that sprite at that at that screen from the original generation. Um, that truck sprite does not look like it fits there. Like, it's got, like, mm-hmm. a weird white border around it. It's slightly different styled than everything else. Like, it, it looks odd. Yeah. Um, I'm also pretty sure it's the only automobile you see in that entire game. Um, Probably. I think so. So, it's less of a, like, oh, this was, like, a fun little thing that got hit in there, and more of a, it was just easier to leave that data sitting there than remove it and probably render, like, more of the ground beneath it or something. Yeah. Um. But because that got so much traction, every time there has been a game where you can go back to Kanto and in that area, so um, Fire Red and Leaf Green, and then the uh, the Let's Go games. Because I don't think you can do it in in the um, Soul Silver Heart Gold. I don't, like I don't think that area is available to you. But because the other two are just remakes of Gen One, you can go over there, and there is either a truck there or something else that like alludes to the truck being there and in some cases i think at least in let's go there's actually an item hidden that is like a little like wink and a nod to Mew. okay and like i thought that was that was actually kind of cool like that was a cool like game freak new people were like spreading this rumor and like it it got a lot of traction Mm -hmm. and they've included it in two games more than a decade apart yeah that's interesting that's neat yeah um but yeah that's all i just wanted i just wanted to talk about like the weird pokemon stuff for a little bit um Rich, how has uh, Death's Door and We Were Here been? So we're going to talk about We Were Here first, because it's probably going to be the quicker one. Um, if you guys remember a couple of weeks ago, I talked about this game called We Were Here, 
it's the first of a series where we were here and then it's two together forever are the next three after we were here. Uh, asymmetric co-op puzzle games where you have to play with somebody else. Uh, the first one, me and my buddy beat within an hour and a half, not even something like that. Um, then the second one, we were here too, T-O-O, um, took us probably about an hour. That, that one took us an hour and a half. The first one took us like under an hour. The next one took us about an hour and a half and then another 45 minutes or so to, to get all the achievements. We've been working on getting all the achievements. Um, and then yesterday we actually played through, we were here together. Uh, played through most of it. We skipped the first chapter because we had played that two weeks ago. Um, but he had to leave midway into us playing. Um, these games are super fun. If you like puzzle games, if you, uh, and you have somebody to play a co-op puzzle game with, you, you'll probably definitely enjoy it. Um, there is unfortunately a low return on investment of you play it once, you know the puzzle, then you like, it's not that you can't play it again, but it's just, it's gonna be less interesting unless you play the opposite end and then try to figure all that out. Um, they're, they're really cool games. They're really fun. Uh, we were here too. Uh, didn't have, the puzzles in We Were Here 2 weren't as, uh, hard, but we needed to play through that game three times. One time as, one time for me, one time, one time, uh, as each of the characters for each of us. So that's twice just a normal playthrough, but a Is that so you can, is that so you both get like the, yeah, so the we achievement or whatever? The achievement for that side. So it's like, uh, in the first game, it was the librarian and the explorer. The second game was the king and the peasant. Uh, and then the third game, actually, and we were here together, you actually start together for, and for maybe two, two and a half chapters, probably about three chapters, you are working together in the same space, moving around. And then it gets to a point where you, you guys separate. And then it's like, all right, you have, your, your one is in the observatory, the other one is in the catacombs or the tower or something. I can't remember what it is. Uh, and it was like a really interesting change onto the games because it's like, all right, you formulate this friendship with your buddy and then you get separated. Um, there is, there's a, um, there's a secret ending in, is there a, se- no, there's no secret ending, but like for us to get all the achievements and we were here together, we need to play through the last world four times or the last chapter four times. So we need to play through it the first time uh, with him playing as a certain character, the second time with me playing as that side, and then the next two times we have to play as his, uh, the certain side each, but make a different choice at the very end. Because it gives you okay. a choice, either, either sacrifice yourself or sacrifice your friend. So we need to play through it four times to do all of those. Because me playing as the the, the side that I took, where I don't get the choice, I didn't get an achievement at the end of beating the game. He got the achievement for sacrificing himself. I didn't get any sort of achievement for that. So he has one extra achievement, two extra achievements over I do right now because the, the side that he was got more, had more achievements because that was more of the, uh, like the puzzle solver side. Whereas I was the one who was more looking around and trying to fit and like doing the actual puzzles itself. Uh, some of them can be very fucking hard. The very, the second to last puzzle is in, in we were here together. Uh, you start the, the, the one of the player, one of the players starts with, um, a, uh, uh, on a table, there's a bunch of potions. And on either side of the table are two devices. One device will separate the potion that it's made from. The other device will combine a potion, combine two potions into one. 
and you need to figure out how to make three potions to go into another device that'll combine all three into the main item that you're looking to get. Um, and that is very hard because it's like the one side, his side had images and the name of what the, the potion, like the images of what's on the potion bottles and the name of the potion. I had a book that had the initials of the potion and the name of it. And then he had a board that had the initials of the potions in like a flow chart. Um, what you need to combine to make the one above and what you need to combine with that to make the one above of just the initials. So he needed to go, all right, what's initials for, what's the, here's the initial, here's the, uh, here's the initial. I had to look up and find out what the name of it was. He had to then go find the name, what it was, what it looked like. And then if I didn't have it, we would have to figure out how to make it from what I do have. Oh, okay. It was very interesting, but very much a pain. Um, and then there was another puzzle that we had a lot of issues with because I'm in a room with, I think it's like six Tesla coils on it. Um, and they are all connected and you, I have 12 fuses. And I have to put the fuse, the fuses are each different colors or color combinations. Like one of them is blue, one of them is blue and red, one of them is two blues, things like that. Um, that I need to put in an order. What he had was a web of here's all the color combinations and here's this web. And based on what two fuses I had, we needed to piece together what went between those two fuses, what connected away from the last fuse, and what connected the first three from the first fuse. And what he would have is like, all right, I have, say, red and yellow. Connecting to red and yellow are three different color combinations. Then I had to look and be like, all right, well, I only have this color combination. So that's probably the one that I need to hit with here. And I'm like, what connects to that? And he's like, connecting to that are these three color combinations. And it's just like, I was like, oh, my God. It got so difficult. Me and him actually got very frustrated with each other on that one because it took us four tries to get it done. That's the one bad part about like puzzly games when it's like co-op is it's yeah. real easy to get frustrated at the other person. Yeah, yeah. Cuz at one point he was like I need like he's like he he was asking me like uh what which one I need you to pick. I how many how many are there? How many pylons are there? How many tesacles are there? I'm like there's six. It's like all right, I need you to start with one. What is one? And I'm like, "Well, yellow and blue is three. She's so, he's like, well, what is one? I'm like, yellow and blue is three. One and two are blank. He's like, but what is one? I'm like, and, and I, and I keep telling him, and he's like, I need you just to tell me what one is. I'm like, one is blank. He's like, two, blank. Three, yellow and blue. I've told you that. And I think that's finally when he understood, like, okay, this is why I was just trying to say three is yellow and blue, because the first two don't have anything in them. Right. But it can, it can be very frustrating. You need good communication. There were times where there was no communication. The last puzzle, there was a button in the middle of my room that I did not press because I didn't know what it did and I was afraid to push it. Um, and then finally I pushed it and it did a thing and then it was like, oh, I wish I knew you had a button because then this puzzle would have made a lot more sense because all he had were switches and the switches would just turn an arrow left or right. And so my button were turning statues. His switches were turning the arrow to figure out which way the statue was turning. And we needed to get the statue to face in a direction based on like what based on the way it was looking when he was setting up his uh his his arrows and like he had to press the button until it was all facing the right way it was it was a pain it, it some of it came, oh got very hard and frustrating this was definitely the hardest of the three so far but these games are great we're gonna have to play through we were here together again next week at least one more time 
Um, and then we're going to get to He We Were Here Forever. It's probably going to take us at least a month to get through We Were Here Forever. But I love these games. They're so good. If you have somebody to play a co-op game with, and maybe you can play them together, uh, and maybe be able to look at each other's screen to save from getting angry, because that's... I was streaming this, and so what I do is he will stream on Discord his gameplay, and I will stream my gameplay, and I will have his gameplay on a box in the bottom corner, and my gameplay big. And so if I'm just standing there doing nothing, I'll switch to his gameplay so that, like, the viewers can watch his gameplay. And then if we're stuck for a long time and not understanding, I'll start looking at his screen just to be like, oh, you missed this, or you missed that. So it was, um... And we were here too. It's the funny. Was it we were here too, or was it we were here? I can't remember. There was a, an instance where we had to light candles in a certain order, and so he was like, "This doesn't make sense because there's it go there's two fours, but one of the fours is crossed off. There's there's a four with a cross and then a one, and I'm like, I'm not making sense of left and right of what he's trying to say. So he's giving me these combinations, but it's not working. And eventually, I look at his screen. And I'm like, Tim. It's like, what? And I'm like, go look at that book one more time. It's like, okay. And he looks. I'm like, it's telling you one, two, three, four, five, six. They're hash marks. It's not Roman numerals. And we were at this puzzle for like 20-something minutes. And he was just like, oh my god, I'm an idiot. I didn't even put two and two together with those. And like, that probably happens all the time. Yeah. Yeah. That's like, um, didn't you play that game uh, with Drew um, Operation Tango? Yeah, we played that once. Like, that, it kind of reminds me of that, like, that asynchronous, like, puzzle-solving sort of deal. Yeah. Those games, they're, they're great, though. If you have somebody playing, they're great. Um, but the other thing I have to talk about is I rolled credits on Death's Door. Um, I still don't know how you thought that that was a roguelite. Still don't get it. Uh, it's been it is two years. Still. Still. You love I Zelda pl- games, and you were like, this is a roguelite. I played for an hour two years ago. I, I don't get it. But this is, honestly, Drew would probably love this game, and it's, I, it gave me a lot of um, uh, Zelda Link to the Past feels, vibes. It, just. it had a lot of that. It, it has a little bit of, like, the the bossiness of, like, the Souls style, like, not yeah. not, the, not the, the necessarily the challenge See, of them, but just the the game is really, like, boss fight to boss fight. It, it is, it, it kind of, yeah, there's, so there's a lot of trash mobs. See, my... Big, there's two major, two complaints about this. They're not even major. They're one, they're both pretty minor. Minor complaint number one for me is there's no fault to death. If you die, you just reload at the checkpoint. There's no, like, limited amount of deaths. There's no death is stopping you from doing something. There's no have to regain my souls. There is no fault to death. It is just, you go back to the checkpoint. And everything you have done up until that point is still done. So the only thing you may have to do, depending on where you are, is re-go through parts of the level. But there's a lot of shortcuts that you unlock as you go through it. So you you can skip half the half of half the level at times. And to me, I'm like I I'm a I I like the hard difficulty, the soul style of like gather your souls when you die and and whatnot. But this is just like it, it made the game a little too easy. Uh, what made the game a little difficult, and I also don't like. Is that there's no map to the game, and if they had an, I thought in, there was. There's no map, as far as I know. There's no map, but everyone I've talked to about it agrees. Like this game needs a map. Um, uh, also, at least a map to like pinpoint special locations, because I am missing uh four four shrines that don't increase my health and my magic. 
um, and I'm missing a bunch of shiny items, and I don't know where I haven't been yet. And so if I had a map, I could, like, scour that a little bit more. So the next time I play, there's, like, there is post-game content after fighting the final boss. Um, uh, once I get through that, then I'm, like, I'm gonna do the post-game content, I'm gonna get all the shrines, I'm gonna get all the collectibles, and then I'll call it a night on that game. Um. Which makes sense. The final boss was really fucking fun. Uh, so, once you beat, the, the, the game at the very end goes from boss to boss to boss. You, you have time to move between each, but it goes from boss to boss to boss, which is nice. And the second to last boss was, honestly, in my opinion, probably the hardest. Um, but I also didn't have all my abilities upgraded. So if I had my fire ability upgraded all the way, he would have been a lot easier. Um, but it's like, the hard thing about him was every time you hit him, he shot off, like, a quill that would home in on you very slowly, but it would still shoot off a quill that would home in on you. So you'd have to, like, fend off that while also dodging his attacks, and it was just, there was a lot on the screen. And same with the final boss, is, like, the first part of the final boss is fighting him in each location that you've been, and, like, like you he, he chases you, or you chase him through hallways, and then the arena will open up to one of the locations you fought in, and then he chases you. And, like, he slightly picks up abilities of each of the main bosses when you get to their locations um and like it was really cool that you fight you get into the first fight and then you get into the what i was calling the slalom portion where like there were these bull doors coming at you and you'd have to dodge them um all of this you can't heal between uh any of this you only heal at um at plants there's no health potions or anything like that so you have to do all of this in one life in the five health, five, six health that you have at the time. Um, but once you reach a certain point, he, he then goes to the final, um, to his final phase, which every time you die, you just restart right at the final phase. And his final phase was, again, it was just like having to fight him with all of these different abilities and all of these different combinations. And there were times where there's just so much on screen and it was just it hard was, to keep track of. It was hard to keep track of sometimes, but it was just so fun. I was getting frustrated only because it was 1.30 in the morning. And that's it. On a Monday. And I was like, I need to go to bed. And I didn't realize, oh, like... I saw you mention something about being up late on Discord. And I don't think I put two and two together. What Like, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't look to see what game you were talking about. I just saw you say, like, you were up till 1 in the morning or yeah. whatnot. So, the and the only reason I kept doing it was, like, I was going to call it. And then I got raided. And I was like, all right, let's go fight this boss. And so I go to fight the boss. And then I get raided again. So I'm like, all right, uh, somebody pops in. I'm like, do you know how much you need? He's like, I've played this game. I'm like, what's next? Is it just a boss? He's like, it's just a boss. I'm like, all right, we'll go to the next boss. We do that. And it's like, all right, here, there's a final boss. I'm like, is that, is it just the boss or is it a dungeon? He's like, it's just the boss. I'm like, all right, let's just go. If it was a dungeon, I would have caught it, but it's just the boss. And it was like fighting those last three bosses took an hour and a half to two hours. And it was like, it was, it was tough, but it was so fun. The game, that game is so good. The music is amazing. I just, uh, I can't talk well. I can't talk high enough about it. Uh, honestly, I don't know what year it came out, but game of the year, game of the year. Uh, tw- I want to say it was twenty twenty one. Probably, yeah. Which, you know, like it, it was definitely one of those games where I played like I think it was on like Game Pass for like PC. So like I played it, it on that is. a little bit. Um, and like had it been on had I had I gotten it on like Steam Deck, like like actually like bought it, I probably would have played more of it. Um. Like, I didn't even have a Steam Deck at the time that I played it, but it was, you know, I don't sit at the PC to play games very often, so it was one of those ones where I'm like, okay, this is cool, like, I like it, but I'm not going to invest a lot of time into it. 
Yeah. And, like, it's one of those ones where I've seen it go on sale a couple times. I'm like, oh, you know what? Like, I could probably buy that and, like, just play it on the Steam Deck. Or I think it's yeah. on Switch even. Like, play it on Switch. But I just never do because there's so many other games that, like, I already own that I haven't played. This is absolutely up your alley. You would love this. Oh, no. Like I said, like, I I very much enjoyed, like, the hour or two that I played of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't love, like, the boss fights. But, like, that was just because it was... I didn't dislike them, though. Like, I just hadn't really gotten the hang of them yet, so, like... Yeah, I mean, it's that's the one thing that you probably won't like. It's a lot of pattern... Or not even pattern recognition, but, like, kind of... I guess it's pattern recognition, recognizing what ability they're using when they're using it. And, like, some of the secret bosses, it's like, alright, when he does this attack, if he stays down for this long... And it's, like, milliseconds long, but you still, you recognize it. Like, if he stays down, then he's doing this attack afterwards, which means I have a quick chance to attack him and roll out of the way, but I can only hit him once with the weapon I had and roll away. Otherwise, if I had any other weapon, I wouldn't have been able to hit him at that point. Like, there is a lot of pattern recognition, but, like, I feel like it's more of a Zelda-style pattern recognition that you would be able to get more into. Yeah, probably. It's it's weird. Like, those earlier Zelda games, like, like the pattern recognition is weird because it's, it's not like... The, like, the combat in, like, Link to the Past is not great. Like... It's very much a, you just kind of have to get in the right spot and just, like, button mash for the most part. Yeah. Um, and then know when to, like, get the hell out of dodge. Yeah. Um, that game was much more of a, you need to focus and pay attention to what the boss does and a lot of, like, dash in, do one or two slashes and then, like, dash away and, like, wait for another opening. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that is very, like, to me, that is very much, like, what, I always see, like, the Souls games are like when I see people play them. It's very much like a you get, like, one or two slashes, and then you're just kind of dancing around until you can find, like, another opening. Um, yeah. And I get bored with that. Like, I don't like the dancing around, wait, like, just waiting for, like, the right series of things to happen. I mean, this this one doesn't quite have that much. It, it's more Zelda-like, where it's like, like, yes, you're, you're waiting. You're not waiting forever. You're waiting, like, one, two attacks. All right, go in. I can hit that there. And, and it's, it is, it is a lot of, like, all right, how are they standing? How can I get in there, hit, and get out? Like, and you could even upgrade your dodge to the highest it can be. And then this way you can dodge faster or more often to where you can make it so that you can hit more frequently or, or between more attacks. That's, I mean, that, that is fair. Um, this game is more of an RPG than Final Fantasy 16. Man, Final Fantasy 16 is the most RPG. Yes. Yes. I've never played more RPG than Final Fantasy 16. You know what? You're right. I concede. You're right. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you finally understand. But yeah, <laughs> uh, definitely, uh, if you have any way to play Death's Door, everyone, you should definitely play Death's Door. It's nice. like a lot of people were saying, like, this reminds them of Tunic as well, and it does. If you like the Tunic, you'll like that. I mean, I the little bit I played of both, like, I'd say Tunic is far harder, too. So if you thought Tunic was a little too much... um. Death door is probably a little more forgiving, or at least like the learning curve is a little yeah less brutal. Yeah. But anything else you want to talk about? No, that's about it. All right. Well, that is probably going to be a show then. Um, next week we will have our final music book club where we're talking about Ocean Avenue, and I forgot to look up the name of the other album from Ludo. Do you remember the name of that album on the top of your I head? I don't remember at the moment. No. Um, it's like preparing and preparations or something like that i'm looking it up now i listened to a couple tracks off off of that album i liked it so like there's that i mean after seeing all of the the bands that were like fans of this band also like these i'm like okay like they are probably going to fall in a 
in a category of something that, like, yeah. if I don't love it, I'll at least, like, enjoy it. Like, I don't love Yellow Card, but, like, I can at least enjoy their music if, like, that's what I'm listening to. If that makes sense? Yeah. Preparing um, the preparation. Okay. There we go. Yeah. So, we'll, we'll be talking about those two records next week, um, and then we'll figure out something else to do. Maybe we'll do a book, like Richie suggested. Book or, um, you know, you guys can get Crunchyroll and we can watch uh, Shin Godzilla. I, I have Crunchyroll. I've had it. Exactly. We can watch Shin Godzilla. Talk that sounds like that a terrible. That sounds like a terrible time. Look, we can wa- we can talk about anime. Uh, Shin Godzilla is not anime. But it is a Japanese movie that doesn't adhere to any sort of contract over here that's being struck. Yeah, but it's not anime. It's you'll you'll like it. Probably. I don't not, think. But it's great. I yeah. I was gonna say I. It's you it's say that, Shin, but I, we we both know I won't. <laughs> Shin Godzilla is so good. You know what? I've always heard that, and like as far as like those things go, like that seems to be one that is just very well regarded. I've just come to realize, like I don't like kaiju movies. They're not. They're, okay. I don't like them. I mean, fuck. Half the things I don't like about Final Fantasy 16 were the kaiju stuff. Like I just don't <laughs> like kaiju. <laughs> so my favorite things about 16 are the kaiju shit. And you know what? It, fucking, like the, the, they went on too I, fucking long. Like the like I, the what the two that I did just went on too long. Just, just wait until you get the fucking Titan, man. I'm but, done that game already. I'm never going back and, to it. And then, and then, and then, and then, fucking spoiler alert: the Odin fight sucks because you don't do kaiju shit against Odin. It's all you as Clive fighting Odin. That's dumb. Which makes no sense. It's dumb. I hate. It fucking felt like that sequence felt like they ran out of money. Like, oh god. All right, let's wrap up. All right. Uh, but yeah. So book club next week. Um, and then otherwise, if you would like to find more of our content, you can head over to www.one-quest.com. You can also help us out by supporting us at patreon.com slash onequest. If you can't support us here at your dollars, though, you can go to your favorite podcast platform like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. Uh, actually, no, not Stitcher. That that was a slip up. Stitcher's gone. Don't go there. You're not going to find anything. Uh, but all the other ones, go there, find us, listen to us, download us, rate us, review us, subscribe to us. All of those things help. You can also find us on social media, facebook.com slash onequestonline, or at one underscore quest on Instagram and Twitter. Our YouTube channel is youtube.com slash onequestvideo, and you can always send us an email to social at one-quest.com. And Rich, what's your streaming? Twitch.tv slash beyond underscore one, or just find me on YouTube or Kick or wherever you choose for video games streaming Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Sunday. Uh, Thursdays are Sea of Thieves. Sundays, uh, this Sunday, I'm playing Pelia, which is that new, like, slice of life farm sim MMO type John that people have been talking about that's in beta. Um, Monday is going to be the ending sequences of Death's Door, and then Tuesday next week is going to be uh, we were here together, part deuce. Um, and then just whatever else we play, I'm going to be doing uh, Ender Lily's Cladus of the Night starting uh, two weeks from now. So just come check me out, Twitch and everywhere else. Also, my Let's Plays on YouTube, all linked in the description down below, I believe. Cobb is doing that. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. All, all that stuff is at the bottom. Yes. And yeah, with that, we will be back next week with something else to talk about. Thanks for listening. Bye. See us.